one. Welcome to your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. We are not going back, not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we're converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. It is your one-stop shop for all things common sense, all things conservative. And if you like hearing it from a mom, because you don't hear it a lot from common sense conservative women out there on the airwaves, you found the right spot. Thank you for being here. Monday, we should cross over, ladies and gentlemen, into that blessed zone, the two million podcast downloads. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. How valued you are. We see you. We hear you. We fight for you. And we believe what you believe. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands. One nation. Under God. Indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. Amen. Sometimes I wish I could go back to the 1970s when I was a little girl. Growing up on Paul Revere Drive in what was then called Woodland Hills, California. It's now Calabasas. Place where the rich and famous live. It wasn't like that when I was there. It was a nice community. On our street, I broke both of my wrists... (laughs) Scooting away from a friend going down a hill on my roller skates. I had a big wheel, would wipe out all the time, tore through the tire in, I think, two weeks. Remember those where you could peel out by pulling the brake next to you? (laughs) I used to climb a silk tree in our front yard. We think it had been struck by lightning and there was this gloppy, tarry goo that the previous owner had put on it. My sister and I called that tree shady. I played on the roof, lied to my sister, told her about my parents that it was okay. (laughs) I wanted to see the world from a different viewpoint. I remember being chased down the road by a neighbor's Doberman that got out, scared the everlasting liver out of me, and spending every summer outside in the backyard playing in the pool with my sister. We didn't need friends, we had each other. We'd play stupid games in the pool, get waterlogged, lie out on the pavement next to it. It was warm. Lay out our towels and look at the clouds in the sky and see what we could find. 
Sometimes my dad would come home from work and he had a client who was a produce vendor. And he'd come home with a big box full of Bing cherries. And we'd sit in the California sunshine and eat cherries until we could burst. The phone we had was in the kitchen. You had the same phone, right? Hung on the wall with that 7,000 mile cord that was always kinked up. (laughs) You could never get too far because nobody would take the time to unplug the thing. And so it would all, all kinky and crazy, stupid. And I don't know whose idea it was, maybe my mom's, to put carpet in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, not so smart. We would play all the time in the mornings. We'd wake up and watch Electric Company. I'm just a bill, right? All of those schoolhouse rocks. Scooby-Doo. And if we were good and my parents let us stay up, we could watch The Love Boat and Fantasy Island on Thursday nights. It seems so simple then. And it's supposed to be simple. Being a child shouldn't be complicated. You should be free to walk down the street, to go to school and see your friends and do your best and play. And run around outside and if it was anything like my youth, play Red Rover with the neighbors until your arms felt like they could break. But that's not what our kids have these days. And it leaves me very conflicted. It's progress, they say. Technology, computers, science. Why is it that all of these advancements that are supposed to make life easier just make things so much worse? We didn't grow up with phones. Hottest thing we had in our house was a microwave. And it was a lifesaver. When the cordless phone came out, I was giddy. Of course, I didn't get one. But I could sure dial it up on the AM dial on my clock radio when my sister was talking on it in the room next door. Our kids today have to deal with a new reality. And it's not about keeping them safe or giving them all the tools that they need, or teaching them that life isn't fair, and that you can't point fingers and make excuses. You just got to go out there and you've got to do it. And that there are going to be people in your way who try to tell you that you can't, that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that somebody else, because of some arbitrary reason, gets a shot instead of you. And instead of our kids learning these lessons and getting stronger and realizing that it's all in the palm of their hand, that if they believe they will achieve, instead of that, we're doing everything in our power to make them victims that they should be bubble-wrapped and participation-trophied, that hovering parents should helicopter over everything they do, except, of course, when it comes to school, when we have predators who have their own jumbled-up reasons 
and rationales who prey on them. Was that going on when we were growing up? Because I don't remember that. So many of the stories we're going to hear today, the people who allege to be in charge, who are for all of us, who understand, who desperately want us to believe that they are leaders, have an ambivalence and a nonchalance about how their policies, how their poor performance, how their darkness impacts our most precious people, our children. And I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm not angry today. Joe Biden says he's going to East Palestine, Ohio. The only reason he's going isn't because he cares about the families there. He doesn't care about the water the kids are drinking or the air. He's going to score points in a game that he cannot win. And I'm tired of being lied to by bad actors who never should have gotten the positions they got who have failed every step of the way, who have made no good decisions, who lie indiscriminately, readily, on demand, and who are okay with that. I'm not okay with that. And nor are millions of other moms and dads out there who realize that probably the most dangerous threat to their kids is in their hand 15 hours a day on a phone that shows a fake reality, phony baloney pictures, people presenting bogus stories about who they are because everybody is just desperate to be seen. I want to go back to the 70s. I wish we'd never had cell phones. And all the people who try to tell us that the new computer chip or this new thing that Elon Musk wants to put in your brain, oh, it's all for the greater good. It's all dark. It pushes us away from each other. We don't look each other in the eye. We don't have real conversations. And we don't give in to the discomfort of being uncomfortable. You're going to hear these voices today. We will walk through them carefully. And it will take everything I have to not reach through the camera and choke somebody. I want my kids to have what I have. What I had. And it's time for all these people to get out of my way so they can. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, you want to know why we're $34 trillion in debt? Well, we're going to use Ronna McDaniel and the RNC and some spending to underscore how we get into the messes we get as a people. Don't go anywhere. You'll do tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Honestly, if we, we really are going to take a step back and try to be and try to be fair, 
about this assessment of how much Democrats suck. (laughs) I mean, that sounds unfair for me to say that, but it's absolutely within keeping of where we are. I mean, there's not one single lousy decision, executive order, anything that these people have done that has been beneficial for any of us, let alone our kids. In fact, totally detrimental. So the RNC, what's the RNC? Well, we all know it is a fundraising arm of the Republican Party. It has a leader. She is worthless. She is ineffective. And apparently spends money like a drunken sailor. Now, all you sailors out there who don't get drunk, I apologize, okay? But you know what I'm saying. There's always one or two that email me. That offends me. Stop it. (laughs) This is ridiculous. How about this headline? Redstate.com exclusive. RNC spent one and a half million dollars on floral arrangements, limos and management and media consultants. I can save them the money on this, at least on the insultants. You don't have to pay somebody. You tell the truth. See, you show up and you care about America. You are authentic. You are real unless all those things are just show. And then you need smoke and mirrors like the January 6th committee needed. I'm going to tell you something about that in just a minute. So here's the here's the headline. A little over a year ago, a red state exclusive investigation into spending at the Republican National Committee revealed that millions of donor dollars were spent on things, including for floral arrangements, private jets, limousines, tickets to Broadway shows, high end retail stores and more. This is the exact thing that you would expect from the Republican Party that Democrats talk about. The fad cat one percenters believe they deserve all this stuff. This is not representative of the rank and file conservative membership of MAGA. And so we're at a crossroads. The RNC under this leadership does not share our values. We have people out there who are veterans who have served this country, who are going head-to-head with incumbents of suck, and they need the backing. They need the financing. And now it is gone because people like Ronna McDaniel. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's see the numbers. Total spending, RNC versus DNC. The Democrat National Committee has $156,000. We have a hundred, excuse me, mil, million, holy moly, excuse me, $156 million, RNC, $128 million. How do they spend that money? Well, the DNC spends about $20 million on payroll, RNC about fifteen, And then everything goes sideways. Office supplies. The Democrats spent $45,000 between October 20th in 2022 and November 30th of 2023. So, you know, about a, about a year. $20 million payroll, $15 million payroll for RNC. Office supplies for the DNC, $45,000, $297,000 Republicans spent on office. What kind of freaking office supplies are you getting? How about management consulting? Consulting. How about do your damn job? Do what's right for America. Stand up for the Constitution. Stand up for our children. Be a defender of liberty. 
at all costs. You don't need somebody to tell you how to do that unless you're not authentic. Spending on management consulting. DNC, $114,000. RNC, $1,078,279. Oh. How about this? Floral arrangements. DNC spent $795 on flowers. Republicans, 70,328. What? Media booking consultants. <laughs> what? Zero dollars from the DNC. Republicans spent $116,341. Limousine rides, $263,000 for the Republicans, $7,000 for DNC. What? What are you doing? But here's what's really alarming. Voter file maintenance. What? Voter file maintenance. We're going to keep tracks on or track on of all of our people. Republicans spent 39000 on that. Democrats spent 235000 Ladies and gentlemen. We have an RNC that's got a major priority problem. It's about smoke and mirrors. It's about all of the elegant dining. We're going to go and we're going to see a show. We're going to get a driver who picks us up. We're going to fly private jets hither and yon. Why would, you, why would we be trifled with coach or even business when we can fly private? We have the wrong people in the wrong positions, making the wrong decisions that impact each of us. And you and I, ultimately, foot the bill. If we can't fix this problem within the party leadership, how on earth are we going to fix what these Democrats have done? So freaking predictably wrong since January of 2021. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. I can tell you this, though. When Joe Biden decides he's going to finally, 365 plus days later, go to the site of a toxic train derailment and do what? I have no idea. You know that the Democrats realize they freaking blew it. And there is no verbal spaghettiing your way out of it if your name is Corrine Jean-Pierre. I want you to hear how this party thinks about we the people. How it feels it serves all of us. You will be as angry as I after this next segment. Corrine Jean-Pierre, I know, I'm sorry, but you know what? You got to hear it next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I mean, who doesn't spend $134,913 on office supplies, right? Got to go to Staples, Office Max, Amazon Capital Services. This is what the RNC spent in 13 months from October of 22 to this past November. How about this? $43,729 to Instacart, so they didn't have to go out and get their own food. $10,560 to Ready Refresh for water coolers and bottled water. Really? $175 to Nespresso. <laughs> $4,535 to Commonwealth Joe Coffee. 
And of course, almost two grand for some liquors and deli. It's it's stupid, ladies and gentlemen, that this is what our RNC is up to. And that's not even getting into the media consultants. $813,000 paid to companies to provide media services and consulting to the RNC. Isn't that like putting lipstick on a pig? Because if you've got Ronna McDaniel, who's, who's the face of it, that nobody likes, nobody likes this woman. Why are you paying consultants to try to make her look better? We have a real focus problem. We have a focus problem in this country. And we know it. So I have to read this to you. No wonder Joe Biden is finally talking about the border crisis. Remember, for the last three years, it's not a crisis. It's not a crisis. It's a problem created by these people. It's not our crisis. Now, all of a sudden, it's a crisis. Because polling shows the majority of people, Democrats included, and a hell of a a lot of young people, who are not liking Joe Biden in the least, are saying, you know, well, we got to figure out what's going on here. We have to figure out what's going on. Brock, where was it where they uh, they uncovered migrants living in, in, a, in a wall space that had rodents? And what was that? That was Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Oh, a sanctuary city, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Is this the same Chicago where they can't keep track of $23 million of public school equipment? Correct. Was that including the 77,000 tablets and computers that went missing? Correct. And now we've got all these migrants who are living somewhere in squalid conditions? But don't forget. They did pass a resolution for a ceasefire in Gaza. Excellent. Excellent. That's where we should be paying our attention. Are you out of your mind? Well, clearly, Biden's handlers are getting shellacked. They understand it. Trump is crushing him in the polls. Why? Well, have you wondered, maybe, why Joe Biden took this flip and suddenly talking now about the border crisis, something he and his administration have denied for the past three years and why all of a sudden of course he's trying to blame republicans who've been calling for action on the crisis i've been saying this the whole time well it is because of the election as you well know it is also because the polls in the swing states and i've got them not looking good for joe he's getting crushed by donald trump and specifically getting crushed on that singular issue does it take polling data to awaken whatever small figment of a good person is inside a public servant. You guys saw what happened in New York. We're going to talk about it later in the show. Two New York police officers beaten by five illegal immigrants who, by the way, because of the no cash bail system, were back out on the street to do it again. Hours later. There was a a young woman, 20 years old, autistic, killed by a migrant. What are we doing here, folks? Let's look at these numbers. This is from the morning consult, Bloomberg morning consult poll. This shows... That Joe Biden is sucking some serious wind. In Wisconsin, Donald Trump is up by five. Pennsylvania, Donald Trump is up by three. Trump up by eight in Nevada. Georgia, Trump up by eight. Michigan, 
Trump up by five. North Carolina. You ready? Trump up by 10. Arizona. Trump up plus three. Donald Trump now leads Joe Biden across all seven swing states. Is that a surprise to anybody? And the question was, if the November 2024 election for U.S. president were being held today and Democrat Joe Biden and Republican Donald Trump were on the ballot, for whom would you vote? Trump is up by huge numbers in some of these states, up by eight in Nevada, 10 in North Carolina, even stunningly up five in Michigan and eight in Georgia. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Collectively, if you add all of these numbers together, Joe Biden is down six points. And that is consistent now with other polls. So now now all of a sudden we're going to see a Joe Biden who's going to start paying attention to stuff. They think that in the final months between now and November, and I think we can all agree that it's likely not going to be Joe Biden who limps his way to the finish line, that somehow we can act like Things are serious. We are now going to start paying attention. We've got 7 million new people in the country, but now we're going to figure it out. Now forget root causes. Kamala didn't do a whole lot with that. (laughs) Now we're going to pay attention. You guys notice gas prices. Gas prices are coming down. This is all very specific, all purposeful. It's all to ease over your memory of how much everything has sucked for the last Three plus years. Now, on the flip side of this is Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, who got bad advice from the very beginning, who believed in her own delusional way that she had what it took to be the first female president of the United States. It's one thing to think that you've got that, right? It's one thing to think that you've got that position. It's a whole different ballgame when President Trump is on the ballot. And someone in her camp told her, you've got this, sister. This is all you. And, of course, all the uniparty mega donors jumped on board. Well, this is unfortunate. Story in the Washington Examiner today. Now, the way Nevada does it, it has a primary and a caucus. It's very peculiar, right? And Nikki Haley is getting trounced in the primary, but not by Donald Trump. This is how bad it is for her. And I want to read this to you. Headline. Nikki Haley polls behind none of the above option on the Nevada primary ballot. What does that even mean? (laughs) Former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley could lose the Nevada primary to the, quote, none of these candidates option, according to a new survey. This is an outcome that would threaten her hopes of defeating, well, threaten. It would absolutely make her look like a moron. New polling released by Providence, which is a collaborative effort between Revere Solutions and this other outfit called Decipher AI, show that 59.2% of Nevada Republican primary voters say that they would select none of these candidates during the February 6th GOP primary election, compared to 40.8% who would choose Haley. This is where things get weird. The loss to essentially no candidate would damper Haley's 
battle to remain in the 2024 primary after Trump won the Iowa caucuses by more than 30 points and New Hampshire by 11 over Haley. Unlike the earlier nominating states, Nevada is unique in that it will hold both a primary and caucuses. Trump is participating in the caucuses coming up on February 8th, which the state GOP will use to allocate delegates. As the only major candidate running, Trump is expected to win the caucuses and, of course, take the state's 26 delegates. Nikki Haley, conversely, chose to run in the February 6th primary, which forfeits her right to appear on the caucus ballot. So Trump is not on the primary ballot, right? Registered Republicans are allowed to participate in both the caucuses and the primary. So here is the conclusion by the guy behind this study. He says, if Nikki Haley is going to lose to no one, so literally Trump's name is not on that ballot. It's Nikki Haley or nobody else. And nobody else is winning over Nikki Haley. If she's going to lose to no one, how is she going to beat Donald Trump? How is she going to beat Joe Biden? This is the guy. His name is Woodrow Johnston. He is the CEO of Revere Solutions behind this poll. This whole narrative that she's the best candidate against Joe Biden is really just kind of shattered because it's like she can't even literally she can't beat no one. That is so beyond insulting. Nikki, are you paying attention? Please, what are you doing except sucking more RNC money? The former two term South Carolina governor has campaigned heavily on a Wall Street Journal poll from or has campaigned this poll from December 2023 that show her beating Biden by 17 percentage points, except Republican strategists highly skeptical that she can dethrone Donald Trump. Of course not. You know, I think this is what is complicated about these polls. I want to pay attention to them the same way I want to hear what Whoopi Goldberg and, and Joy Behar and and other people who I really detest, who I find despicable through and through i don't want to hear them anymore but we have to hear what they're saying you have to hear these poll results because there is a huge disconnect there and there is a machine funding nikki haley telling her no keep going stay in this Everything points to a loss. A Wall Street Journal article that suggests that if Nikki Haley went head to head instead of Donald Trump against Joe Biden, that she would win and somehow Donald Trump would lose. How does that make any sense to anybody? All the while now, what do we know? We have a guy sitting in the Oval Office who is demented. We have a president in Donald Trump who is strong, who puts border security first, who is an America first guy, who is the head of the MAGA movement, which scares the hell out of everybody on the left. And Nikki Haley is being told to stay in it. And that scares me. It scares me about Donald Trump and his safety and security. And I sure as hell hope he has trusted people around him that we have to say that. My goodness, ladies and gentlemen. All right, when we come back, I want to talk about this. 
Remember the most transparent administration in history, that whole line that Joe Biden and all of these people tried to tell us? Why is Joe Biden in the White House? Why are they refusing to hand over critical documents? Critical documents. I'll tell you what they are and why we're not going to see them anytime soon. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. It's so discouraging when you hear out and out lies every single day when the entirety of this administration was predicated on that. This is going to be the most transparent administration in history, running off of the quote unquote chaos of four years of Donald Trump. The only thing chaotic about the four years of Donald Trump was the media people inside the administration doing whatever they could to foul it up. It wasn't the plan, the policy. It wasn't even the person, Donald Trump. He was an outsider. And they could not afford him to come in and ruin the great gig that these guys had set up. Of course you know that. There's nothing transparent about this administration. So remember that, well, son of a bee, when Joe Biden was smugly speaking before a Ukrainian something or other talking about how he pressured the president of Ukraine to fire Viktor Shokin, the guy, the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma and all this stuff. All of this is connected to Joe Biden and his crime family syndicate and a hunter and all of this stuff. We know this, right? So if this was a transparent administration and House Oversight was like, you know what, we're digging into this. We're doing this impeachment inquiry into you, Joe Biden, the president allegedly of the United States. And we need these documents. Transparent people who have nothing to hide, who are innocent, say, here you go. People who are not, delay, deny, stonewall, run out the clock, refuse. And that is exactly what this administration is doing. Post-millennial headline breaking. White House refuses to hand over early drafts of Biden's speech demanding Ukraine fire prosecutor Viktor Shokin. Seems kind of unusual. Why would you do that? Covering up your trail. Thinking, of course, that your ability to do devious things and enrich yourself could be covered by the powers that be. Huh. As part of the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, House committees have revealed in a letter sent Wednesday that the Biden White House has refused to hand over all drafts of Biden's 2015 speech in Ukraine during which he called for the firing of Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin. He made this speech before the Ukrainian Rada and later bragged about having demanded that then-Ukrainian President Poroshenko fire prosecutor Viktor Shokin, who was apparently digging into corruption of Burisma, where Hunter Biden sat on the board with an income of 80 Gs a month. For more than five months, The White House has declined to authorize the production of these draft speeches to the oversight committees or to assert a valid privilege over them. The letter to the White House counsel, Edward Siskel, states also states that the oversight committee requested these drafts to be released by the National Archives. What? The National Archives? Who was ready? Oh, so ready to help the Biden administration skewer. Donald Trump with the raid of Mar-a-Lago. You know what? They just didn't seem to get that note, apparently. 
National Archives responding that within a week of receiving the request, NARA was able to provide the White House with the full set of documents that cover this request. So wait a minute. Five months ago, House Oversight says, hey, we need these documents. National Archives says, gotcha loud and clear. We sent those documents over to the White House. Joe Biden and his people have it. Joe Biden and his people say, wait, what? I'm sorry. I, ooh, that must have gone to my spam folder. Five months. They're looking at the clock. If we only can limp to the finish line, can we make it? Since August 24th of 2023, a week after that letter was sent, the White House has refused to provide these documents, has refused the Oversight Committee to see them, because what do you think they're going to say? All of these drafts are going to show what was going on. I want to see the emails. I want to see the travel logs. I want to see who was aboard Air Force Two. I want to know what was going on when Joe Biden was traveling under the guise of being a a peaceful guy for Ukraine. As being the liaison for the United States, what he was, was covering his crime family's millions. To date, the Oversight Committee has no record of anyone from the White House attempting to contact the committee to explore any accommodation regarding these documents, casting considerable doubt as to whether the White House has requested these extensions in good faith or is simply attempting to bing, 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 delay the production of this very limited tranche of documents to the committee. This is what they did with the January 6th committee, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to spend 18 million taxpayer dollars. We're going to interview a bunch of people. We're going to cherry pick the people who say what we want them to say. Those who go along with what we want them to say will get New York Times best-selling book deals to be instant best-selling authors. Amazing how that happens and how commonly, right? And then when the information is subpoenaed by Donald Trump's defense team or anybody else who wants to see them, Benny Thompson and the other losers on the committee can say, wait, what? You wanted us to save those? <laughs> Why? Yeah, I'm sorry. We um, we erased those in the two terabytes of data in the 114 encrypted emails. I have no idea where those went. Those disappeared, of course, after Nancy Pelosi asked for 50 years to put them on the shelf. People who are honest don't delay. They don't need talking points. They don't need immunity. They don't need protection. They don't need ghost phones. They don't need aliases. They don't need shell companies. They don't involve nine friggin' family members to spread out the payments. They don't use the FBI to run interference for them, and they don't go after their political opponents to create smoke screens so they can continue getting away with it. How dare they, every single day, sit there and lie to us and pretend? This president has been on it from minute number one, they say. That's what you're going to hear her tell you. This is a president for everybody, Corinne Jean-Pierre will lie through her teeth. You're going to enjoy it, all right? We're at least going to entertain you guys today. All of this coming up next, hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program.